Lerna.fm recently had the opportunity to be part of the Women's Wellness Expo hosted by OG Fitness and Round My Town. We are featuring excerpts of health and wellness presentations here on the Nona Voices podcast. This is Dr. Rebecca Smith, owner of Core Values in Lake Nona. So I can provide just an elevated medical experience for people looking for that higher level physical therapy experience. Um, people who want more one-on-one attention, who want more pelvic floor focus, who want more sports performance. So we kind of help bridge that gap between where you're injured and getting you back to that full performance piece of CrossFit, running, triathlon, playing with your kids, whatever that high-level athletic ability is for you, we get you there. Um, And it's a very kind of unique catered experience to whoever's in front of us. So we make it it geared towards whatever your needs are based on your life, your medical diagnosis, your prognosis, again, what your goals are. So it's a very individualized treatment approach. And so what we're going to do today, well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being here. I know it's a Saturday, so, and it's pretty nice out. So being here is a a task, so we appreciate it. Um, Supporting women, women women-owned businesses, women supporting women. Um, So speaking of women, what we're going to do is we're going to talk today about something that's a little taboo. We're going to talk about the pelvic floor, okay? And that little black box here that no one wants to talk about because it's uncomfortable. Um, Even my kiddo, I talked to him about his pelvic floor. He's like, I don't want to talk about poop. I'm like, well, everyone poops. we got to talk about it. So if anyone gets uncomfortable with it, ask yourself why. It's a normal organ of the body. It's musculoskeletal system. It's there for day-to-day function. Um, So if anyone has any questions and they don't want to raise their hand because it is a little personal, I have my contact information. We can set up talk, uh, phone call, email, whatever you want after, and it can be more private. I understand that not everyone can hop up here and talk about their their pelvic floor easily like I can. So I understand that. All right. So what is the pelvic floor? So we have our bony anatomy of our pelvis. And then in there is a dome of musculature that supports our organs, our bladder, our reproductive organs, our digestive organs. And it is, like I said, muscle. So just like a bicep, it has to contract and relax. Um, So we're going to talk about a little bit kind of what's normal with the pelvic floor, what's not normal with the pelvic floor that you should be looking for. And then we'll do, I'm very interactive. I don't like standing and lecturing. I like getting people to do things, feel things. So if at any point you don't want to participate in anything, just feel free to sit there. I won't be insulted. Um, I won't make fun of you or point you out. (laughs) Everyone can do what they want. But I will run us through a little bit of a circuit, like pelvic floor core circuit that we can do to kind of test and see where where our own function is. All right, so the pelvic floor, like I said, it's a bowl of muscles that sits in the um, bony anatomy of the pelvis, and it works directly with the diaphragm. So they are two kind of symbiotic muscle groups that help support the core canister and stabilize our spine and support our organs and manage pressure. Um, So when the diaphragm contracts to inhale and bring air into our lungs, our organs get pushed down and our pelvic floor descends slightly. And then when we exhale, our pelvic floor ascends, contracts, organs come up, diaphragm comes up, we exhale all the air out of our lungs. So that's kind of a normal symbiotic relationship there. Other functions of the pelvic floor, sorry, I like to just have, have things here so I don't forget anything. Um, but normal pelvic floor function, um, you should have about eight to 13 times a day, you should be going to the bathroom uh, for urination. Um, and you should be able to hold your urine for about two hours. 
you shouldn't only have to go to the bathroom during the night zero to two times. If you're going more than that, there, it's a sign of a pelvic floor dysfunction. You shouldn't have any leaking of urine or bowel or gas. That's a sign of a dysfunction there. And you should be able to control urges throughout the, throughout the day or have a delay if you do feel an urge. It shouldn't be like, oh God, I have to pee, and then like, you gotta run, or you're gonna, you're gonna wipe yourself. Um, it should be a relaxed void. You shouldn't have to strain. There shouldn't be any pain. There shouldn't be any bleeding, anything like that when you are going to the bathroom. Um, so again, if you have any questions and you don't want to ask, raise your hand. Yes, we have a question. Yeah, I love it. Go ahead. So you said from zero to two times going to the bathroom? At night. At night. Yes. But what if you drink a lot of water and especially like closer towards bedtime? Okay. Does that still account for a dysfunction? Okay, so it can, because you want to make sure that you're only drinking as much water as you need to. So if you're hyperhydrating, that could be an issue, and you might want to think about how many ounces you're consuming a day, um, and then also maybe adding electrolytes. So you might be overhydrating and not getting enough in terms of electrolytes, so that might not be balancing enough. But then timing of your, of your liquid intake is important. So if, yeah, if you're pounding 16 ounces of water right before going to bed, you, you'll expect to, to get up in the night. What we get into in terms of an issue is when people start to dehydrate themselves because they don't want to get up and they don't want to go to the bathroom, so they're not drinking enough, and then your urine content is actually more concentrated, and that, that can irritate the bladder and make you feel like you have to go. So when you're getting up multiple times throughout the night and you're only going for a couple seconds, you don't have a lot of urine, that could be a sign of just that concentration is an irritant as well. So yes, timing of liquid intake concentration, what are you taking in? Are you drinking a stimulant such as like a carbonated beverage? So stimulating for the bladder could be carbonated beverages, caffeine intakes, um, citrus foods. So those are all kind of irritant. Um, and then, so timing and how much throughout the day. So it might be that you need to drink more on the front end of the day and just maybe at like five to seven, you start just sipping just to kind of keep the mouth from being dry or whatever your bedtime is. But yeah, you really, cause you don't want to wake up four times a night, you got to sleep go to sleep. <laughs> so yeah, you want to make sure that you're taking care of your sleep quality as well. Um, all right, so signs of abnormalities of the pelvic floor. So difficulty voiding both bowels and urine, um, difficulty controlling those, like I said, uh, fecal matter, urine, or gas, if you have that urgency, but also a sensation of pressure heaviness, feeling like you're dragging, a feeling of bulging. Sometimes you can feel like your insides are gonna fall out. That's, that's called prolapse. So those aren't, those aren't normal as well. Pain with any type of insertion or intercourse, difficulty or lack of orgasm. And then you can also have hip, back pain, um, other musculoskeletal pain, because the pelvis really is gossipy with like the hip, the low back, all those muscles that, that control here. Diaphragm, you can have neck problems from having a pelvic floor dysfunction. TMJ stuff goes really close with pelvic floor stuff. So you can have some musculoskeletal conditions that you don't understand are connected to the pelvic floor. So if you're only working on that one part of your body and you're not addressing everything, you could be doing yourself a disservice and then end up with this recurring problem over the years. I had a patient, um, who we, she's now just monthly just to kind of hang out because she's cool and she likes to progress her exercises. But she was coming in for like really significant hip pain that she couldn't manage. And she was actually going to pelvic floor PT somewhere else. And so once we were able to transition her onto our schedule and, and integrate the pelvic floor stuff with the hip stuff, with breath work, with movement and getting her back into CrossFit, she was better within like three sessions. So it, it is something that you have to look at. Um, 
So I know, oh, so other things is also changes in menstruation. So if you're noticing changes in that and it's not normal, that also could be a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, there's a, like a running joke out there that if you've had kids, like you're gonna pee when you sneeze or laugh or cough. Um, and yes, it's their fault. <laughs> and a lot of women will have that issue. And just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal, okay? So just because maybe 50% of the people in this room will, will have an urge incontinence or will have a stress incontinence doesn't mean it's normal and there are ways to manage it. So let's talk a little bit about incontinence. So there are two types. There's urge, which is when you start to feel that, that, that need to go. You got to go then and there. You can't hold it. Okay, so that's urge incontinence. And then there's stress or like what some people will call athletic incontinence. So with impact, so jumping, lifting, bearing down, pick, picking up your kids, stuff like that. That can also cause leaking. Um, so this is the two types of incontinence. And it actually, pelvic floor dysfunction will stop about 46% of women from working out. And we don't want that. That's, that's, a, that's a big number. And it doesn't mean like maybe they have pain so they don't want to hurt themselves. Maybe they have a prolapse so they feel like they're going to cause more damage. Maybe they just leak and it's embarrassing. So like, well, I'm just not going to do that. Um, and that's not normal and we really should be providing an environment for women and males have pelvic floors too, so men too. It's just a slightly different uh, demonstration of impairments and symptoms. Um, but you shouldn't have to avoid movement, exercise because of these, what some people would call embarrassing conditions. Um, I, I work out at CrossFit, I'm a runner. The amount of people who talk to me about peeing their pants when they catch a lift or doing double unders or pull-ups, and they'll avoid those movements, they'll modify them, or they'll just bring a change of clothes after. And then they're like, well, I just kind of smell like urine the rest of the run. I'm like, well, that's not okay. Like, let's fix that, we can. Um, so there's a lot that we can do. All right, so let's talk a little bit about that function. So like I said, it, it works with the diaphragm, and I want everyone to visualize, I know we live in Florida, so we don't have basements, but let's visualize a house. We have the, that ground floor, you have a basement, and you have a first floor and attic, okay? When you're just at normal rest, your pelvic floor should be just sitting at that, that ground floor, not really contracted, not bearing down. It should just be sitting there, okay? And then we can contract it, which I think a lot of people will probably have heard of a Kegel before. Raise your hand if you've heard of Kegel. Um, doing Kegels right now? Um, you'll never know. Uh, but you can do a Kegel, pull the pelvic floor up, and that's going into that first floor, okay? Or you can bear down, push the pelvic floor down, and get into that basement. Like I said, it's just like any other muscle. You want to be able to go up and down through that full range to get that full function. You don't want to be walking around in a Kegel all day. It'd be walking around like this with your bicep all day. You think your elbow, you think your neck, your shoulder's gonna feel good, your bicep's not gonna feel great in a couple hours. So same with your, same with your Kegels and your pelvic floor. You wanna be able to get through that full range of motion and they all have a, a time and a function. Um, so with breathing, when you inhale, you should feel just a little bit of release of that pressure. With an exhale, you should feel a little bit of that pull up into that first floor. And then when you add, that's just that normal rest. Then when you add exercise, movement, force, then we need to learn how to kind of co-contract. You want to be able to add that pelvic floor control with um, what we would call a brace. So what I want everyone to do now, we're going we're gonna to practice a little bit of what we call diaphragmatic breathing. So we're going to have our hand on our chest and one hand on our stomach. And everyone, when you breathe in, the hand on your stomach should move out 
the hand on your chest should stay relatively still, okay? So we often, are, we're in a society where we're sucking in and all day, we're tight, we're small, we're tiny, we're not breathing properly, we're breathing up into our neck and shoulders. We really should be breathing down into our stomach and our lower ribs. So I want you to think about inhaling in through the nose, let that lower hand expand out, Exhaling, the lower hand comes in towards your spine a little bit. If you feel the only hand moving is your upper hand, that's what we would refer to as paradoxical breathing. So you're moving in an opposite way that you should. Okay, so I'm just gonna go quiet a little bit, let you guys practice. Breathe in, feel that belly expand out. Chest hand should stay relatively stable. Exhale, you should feel that stomach go in. And then we'll build upon that where with your pelvic floor, start thinking about the pelvic floor. When you inhale, you should feel just a little bit of a release. With an exhale, you can add a little bit of that Kegel or a slight contraction if you wanna incorporate that a little bit more. And then every muscle contraction is graded. So on a scale of zero to 10 or whatever, zero to 100, you can do a very small muscle contraction or you can do a one rep max. Same thing with your pelvic floor. You can do a very small muscle contraction. You can do a very aggressive muscle contraction. So you should have that range and function just like any other muscle. Same with your stomach muscles. If I'm, if I'm just hanging out, breathing, I should maybe my stomach muscles, maybe my tension's at like a two, okay? If I'm gonna lift up a tire or lift up a weight or do a deadlift, maybe I'm at an eight or a nine. So it's all about grading your muscle contractions. All right, who wants to do a little core circuit with me? Oh, look, at the, they can't see it on the radio, but everyone's raising their hand and super excited. <laughs> all right, so if you guys want to try this, let's go ahead. We're going to go on the floor. I'll demonstrate. Okay, everyone's joining me for those of you listening. <laughs> so you're just going to have your hand, same thing, like we were just breathing on the ground or sitting, but you're going to flatten your back. So we do a little bit of a posterior tilt, flatten your back, hand on your chest, hand on your belly. Breathe into your belly. And on the exhale, I want you to add a little bit of a muscle contraction with that exhale. And a little bit of that, what you would call that pelvic floor going into that first floor. So raising up into that, that first floor of the attic a little bit. I know a lot of, a lot of ladies are wearing dresses. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> All right, so this is a baseline kind of pelvic floor function. You feel that incorporating with your with your breathing and stabilization. Now, our goal for this circuit is to keep your back flat and not lose that breathing pattern. So if you notice that your stomach is pressing up towards the ceiling, you feel pressure down in the pelvic floor or you feel your back start to lift off, you've gone too far, so you just need to regress that core work a little bit. But what we can do next is we can do the same thing, but we're gonna go up into a little bit of a sit-up and then everything's the same. I should be able to talk, breathe, I have that, that flow of the muscles, I can breathe, I can feel that contraction. Back is staying flat. Okay, and then we can put our heads back down. The next step would be raising the legs up off the floor. Same thing, keeping that back flat. Breathing, feeling that pelvic floor contraction, relaxation with the breathing. Then you can combine the two where you raise up, you maintain. So we're just progressively making it a little bit harder and you go to that point where you can't stabilize anymore. You lose that ability to keep your back flat. The next step would be straightening out one leg. Everything's the same, still breathing, still having that nice core control, that Kegel, that 
that pelvic floor flow with your breathing, and then you can switch and go to the other leg. I know I'm, I'm losing some people. I apologize. <laughs> I'm a very uh, hands-on, functional, yeah, educator. Good. So when you go to your next workout, when you're going to the bathroom, when any, anything that we've talked about, I want you to think about the kind of the takeaways from my talk today and ask yourself, like, is my pelvic floor, is my core, is, is anything, fun is it functioning as best as it should? Um, a lot of, a lot of women who've had kids, they're going to have some kind of latent pelvic floor dysfunction that they're unaware of until they start doing higher level activities, um, or they get older and they're, you know, they have incontinence now and they've never had it before. And it could have been something that could have taken care of years ago. Um, so there's always, uh, if you have any questions about this, pelvic floor function, like I said, it's connected to so much back pain, hip pain, neck pain. So always make sure that you're addressing that. And if you haven't had kids and you're planning on having kids, something to keep in mind, um, having a good, healthy pregnancy is important as well. And postpartum care is important, but I will be back at my table. I have cards. If anyone wants to ask me any questions, you can get my contact info. And I do have, um, if you want, I'm going to have an email that I can send out with all this information in and links to these exercise videos. So if you want, you can sign up for that and I can send that to you so you have some tangible um, information to take away with you, okay? All right, any other questions? All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. And that was uh, Dr. Rebecca Smith. And appreciate that this afternoon. It's got to be the first time that I know of that we did floor exercises on the radio, but I think she did a great job. Very descriptive. It was fantastic. One of the big takeaways for me was just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. And that really jumped out to me that, uh, that she talked about that. 